Father Lee and I were talking about uh, how unsubtle the connection of our readings is today. Uh, the whole idea of God calls and when we answer, something extraordinary happens, huh? Every time. Um, and it got me to thinking, which is not my skill, uh, but I was thinking about, and I, I do mean this, I, I'm happy here. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think of, um, like in one assignment I had, our Sunday mass schedule, we had two churches just a mile apart. We did mass 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 5, and 7. Yeah? That was at MSU, and, and Jesus got sick of my voice uh, a couple times. Uh, but I loved that, too. I loved being on the campus. Now, to be clear, we did not win a national championship uh, earlier in the week, uh, but... Um, I love being your priest. I promise I mean that. Um, that every morning when I wake, I, I try to make sure my first conscious thoughts are, you know, thanks for another day, right? What is it? 5,000 Americans, I believe, wake up every day for the last time. Yeah? So I try to be conscious. This day is God's gift. So Jesus, thanks for another day. And then always the second one is thanks for letting me be a priest. He's a little crazy to do it. Yeah, although it got me out of the gene pool. Uh, and the third thing is thank you for bringing me here. Um, and as I thought of these readings and I thought about how right it is, at least God help you, but for me, it's right that I'm here. I'm happy here. I, I feel blessed here. I started thinking back on the chain of events Right? I, I remember very clearly, right, when you're a priest, by May, at the latest, you know if they're going to move you in July, right? That's the system. So every year, when May would end, in my last assignment, I'd be like, okay, okay, I get another year here. And so imagine my surprise when the third week of June, uh, the bishop calls and says, I need you to move to Grand Blank and Goodrich. When? Next week. Uh, and I think about that, right? And I think about how, like, and I know I've told you this, and I'm not sorry to tell you again, but I, uh, I went for a walk afterward, um, and, and I had a big, fat, 150-pound Newfoundlander, right? Uh, and we, we were walking, and my brother called, and he said, are you moving to Grand Blank? And I wasn't allowed to say yes. I, I was told to keep it quiet. And I said, why do you ask? And he said, well, I had a dream. You were praying mass at Holy Family. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'm moving. You know, I didn't tell him that. I, I went, well, it's really nice weather, isn't it? But, uh, <laughs> you know, I'd been asked almost every year, do you want to move? And I said, no, if you want me to move, of course I will. Uh, but this, that year, it was, yeah, you need to go. That's pretty cool, you know. And then I, I keep going backward. I remember like 19, come Holy Spirit, 96, I was in seminary. And honestly, I had kind of hit a bit of a low point. I was mad at the church and kind of the, I don't even know what word to use, so I won't try. Uh, but I decided... You know, I love the Lord. I love being Catholic. I don't want to work with bishops and priests. So uh, I started packing my stuff. 
And it, and it wasn't like a pouting. It was just, no, I can't do this. And so I packed up my stuff, and as I was doing it, uh, Monsignor Bill Easton came by to visit, best priest ever. And he took me out to his mom's cabin with another seminary, and, and you know, he told me something really important. Um, he said, Joe, ultimately, the only question that matters is, does Jesus want me to be a priest? It kind of doesn't matter if you like the idea. The only thing that matters is you asking God, are you calling me to be a priest? So I promised the Lord, okay, I'm in. Because it felt like that's what he wanted. So I think that was a really important moment. I think of, uh, come Holy Spirit, June of 1993. I was walking in Lansing, and I had already applied to seminary twice, and both times it was like, oh, no, no, thank you. Uh, we're not that hard up yet. Uh, <laughs> And back then, the requirements were really tough. Yeah, it was, do you have a pulse? You know what I mean? Um, but so I had at some point kind of checked it off in my head. I, I said, well, I'm, I'm not going to be a priest. And I wasn't too sad about it. But then as I was walking, there was a poster. I kid you not. Interested in the priesthood? Talk to Father Bob. And as I'm staring at it, a door opens and a priest walks out. Yeah, it was Father Bob. And two months later, my bags are packed and I'm driving to seminary. Isn't that crazy? I know on April 10th of 1978, I was eight years old, I wrote in my Bible, Jesus wants me to be a priest. It's pretty important. And then I keep going backward and backward. And you know what? I hit this moment. And it was 1973. I don't remember it. Uh, I was three. But my mom and dad remember it. It was March of 1973 when their neighbor came over and sat them down and started talking about how they needed to make Jesus number one in their life. And what they were telling mom and dad sounded a bit weird uh, to mom and dad. Yeah, we go to church every Sunday. We, We do all the right things. We're all set. Thank you. No, no, no. You need to know Jesus personally. And my mom said, I told her, that sounds Protestant. Yeah. Uh, So do you know what her neighbor did? My hand to heaven. Found a priest and brought the priest to my mom and dad's house to convince them, no, faith is more than doing some things. Faith is a relationship with Jesus. And mom and dad decided we were praying every night together as a family. My sister's here, and we did. And we had such good attitudes about it as teenagers. Oh, my gosh. So beautiful. Um, My mom and dad are martyrs. You know what I mean? Um, Isn't that amazing? Like the tenuous... Why are we here together praying? And again, I know any priest could do this, but at least for me, this really works. All because my mom's neighbor came over and said, you know, you do the right things, but I don't know if you know Jesus. And in the end, my mom and dad found we really don't. I'm so grateful for that woman. I really am. And if I make the cut and she makes the cut, we're talking in heaven. Yeah? Uh, there's going to be some hugging. 
I can even take it back farther to the day my grandpa and grandma Krupp married. And they married in a courthouse because she was Protestant and he was Catholic and such things didn't happen back then. And nobody in either family would really talk to them anymore. But grandpa still went to church. He couldn't go to communion. And back then, you weren't even allowed to sit in church if you were in his spot. You had to stand in back. And so every Sunday, he stood in back with his girl, the love of his life. And he cried because he couldn't go to communion. And a brand stinking new priest one day approached my grandma. And she always said, I always, she told him what she told everybody. If this is how you treat non-Catholics, I don't want to be one. Yeah? Well, when he was done with her, she was Catholic. And she gave me the rosary that he gave her when she was baptized. Father, in fact, a bunch of you might know him, Father Anthony McCroskey, yeah, who lived to be 3,000 years old, seriously. <laughs> Sorry for the long story, but not really. I just want us to see what happens. A young 26-year-old priest said yes to Jesus and my grandma came to love Jesus. A gal on Vienna Road in Montrose, Michigan set my mom and dad down and now we all love Jesus. And I just happened to be walking on a road. I, I, I could go on and on. And all I want to tell you today is very, very simple, okay? Listen to him. Listen to the Lord. There is not a point where he isn't calling you. And he wants you to not just listen to him, but then share him. And it's not hard. I remember, you know, there's all this talk, evangelization. And I don't even know what that means to some extent. But here's what I know. If you and I understand what brought us to this moment right here, what brought you here? It all went back at some point to somebody saying, this is important to me and I want to share it with you. And you and I rip the world off every time we don't do that. Now I'm a priest, so it's in the job descriptions. Nobody gets wiggy when I talk about Jesus, and I get that. I get that it's different for you. I do. I know even as a priest, I struggle with worrying about being a hypocrite, right? I, I, I tell people how, how we're to follow Jesus, but I fail a lot. I'm good at failing. I don't want to brag. It's a skill. And I know I told you about the time uh, a woman walked up to me at Meyer. I was wearing my clerics. If you ever become a priest, never wear your clerics to Meyer. Write that down, all right? Every human with an opinion on the church shops there, okay? Uh, and every Catholic will look in your cart. You know what I mean? It's kind of funny. They'll come up to you, you know what I mean? They'll be like, hey, Father, how's it going? What do you what's, uh, is it? It's bacon and ho-hos, you know? There's nothing... There's nothing dramatic here. Uh, I don't know what you think is going to be in there. But anyway, uh, a woman, uh, true, true story, approached me, that kind of approach where her heels were hitting the, the floor so hard I, I, I got scared, you know. And she's, this was her opener. Do you know why I don't go to church? And I was so excited to find out, you know. Uh, it's, a, it's a nice list, I can guarantee you. She said, because it's filled with hypocrites. And, well, this one's easy, right? I said, no, it's not filled. We can fit one more in. 
you know. Uh, lots of hypocrites. Who, who do you think's there? Uh, in the end, guys, I, I invite you to do two things, please. First, what got you here? Not just today, but go back as far as you can or as far as you need to. At some point, you made a choice that this was the right thing. And I want you to find out why. And obviously, I hope that answer is Jesus. And then when you do that, I'd love for you to think about how to bring someone else in. How to say to someone else, in the same way that you say, I tried this restaurant and it was awesome, to say, I'm trying Jesus and it's going really well. I'd love for you to try it too. Want to go to breakfast and mass? Bring up bacon, right? Jesus died so we could eat bacon. But there is a way for you and I to be faithful to this gospel. And I do think those two things are the key to it, huh? What got you here? Not just today. What got you here? And then does it mean enough for you to share it then with someone else? Ask God to guide your thoughts, your words, and your actions, and he'll get us there. But until then, I tell you with all of my heart that I love you. I'm so grateful I get to be your priest. And I tell you that as far as I know, it goes all the way back to my grandma Krupp, way back. It goes all the way back to 1973, a neighbor gal talking to my mom. It, there are so many stages to our yes. Let's embrace them all. Let's know them and be willing to share them. Amen? Amen. Okay.